Hello, Sober Town. This is Karina here, um, coming to you with a podcast about hope. And this is going to be a little bit about my story over the last couple of years, not for sympathy, not for any other reason other than to show you that from every breakdown there is a breakthrough. Now, although it may be coming to you from several different platforms across the social media and um, online setting, we I am making this um, for the Sobertown podcast and you can access that and everything sobriety related at www.sobertownpodcast.com to go and check it out. I also belong to the I Am Sober community, um, which is a great community. It's a great free app um, with groups and counters, day counters with for every different sort of addiction and substance you can think of. So go and check that out too. It really is a great community. And the other thing that I'm a great believer in is that everything happens for a reason. And I'm glad I was a drunk because it led me to all the beautiful people on there and the people at Sobertown too. Now, some people don't like that expression that everything happens for a reason. They say, well, no, because I lost a loved one. Someone died. Well, the reason for that is that we all die. Sad as it is, we are born and we die. And on our gravestone is our birth date. And then there's a line. And then there's our death date. And that little line in between is our life. And it is within our control to make it the best one that we possibly can. But for many of us, we spent a long, long time just numbing it, trying to deal with the emotional and physical pain of life. And um, I don't know about you, but I didn't die physically, but I was dead inside. For a long time, I was dead inside. And that was all due to killing myself slowly with alcohol. Now, in November, two years ago, I wrote a blog on WordPress. I have a fibromyalgia blog. And at that time, I was off sick from 37 years of mental health nursing and had been for a few months. And I was in the process of being made medically retired due to fibromyalgia and um, I didn't know it was later diagnosed. It was functional neurological disorder and arthritis and all the horrible stuff that, that goes with that. I also have a history of anxiety and depression and PTSD, um, which I've been treated for for a very long time. But see, I wasn't helping it by, by drinking. Without bad-mouthing anyone, um, my husband wasn't a very supportive one. And uh, he couldn't really cope with the fact that we'd probably be losing our home because I couldn't afford, um, once I was retired, to keep us there. And he started living more and more of a single life. Um, And I was left more and more at home trying to come to terms with the fact that I was losing my lifetime career um, as well as my health and the finances and, and possibly our home. And now one of these blogs that I write on WordPress was about positive living with fibromyalgia. And I just wanted to share with you the one that I wrote two years ago, nearly. So my whole blog is around living positively with fibromyalgia. But I have slumped and felt it equally important to share. 
For the last 10 days, I've got up, but I've not gone out. I've done some of my daily maintenance plan, but not all. Today, I went out with my rollator for a stroll. The motivation? To buy brandy. The worst thing for my fibro. My alcohol consumption has been going up and up. And today, on my walk, I ask myself why. It is because I feel I'm dying inside. I'm once again trying to numb or maybe speed along the process. I even dreamt last night about all my physical tests being fine, apart from my liver levels. A physical answer to a physical cause. I don't think I could ever take an assertive actor in my life right now, but I am not belittling those that, that do and that can. But maybe I could take a slow way out, but have been doing that subtly for 20 years. I feel selfish for saying this, especially when people are out there dying when they don't want to. We have a choice, they don't. But aren't we all dying slowly anyway? So that is where I was at a couple of years ago. Um, I was obviously recognising that alcohol was causing me untold damage. But I continued to drink. Um, And then it wasn't until the January, my husband and I had a talk and he decided that he couldn't be with me anymore. And fortunately for me, I mean, he didn't move into the spare room, but fortunately for me, um, I made him leave just before our first lockdown. In fact, two days before our first lockdown. And then in lockdown, of course, like many people, I started to drink more and more um, to fill time. Uh, but it was difficult because I had a lot of debt. I didn't have any money, but I still managed to find the money for alcohol. In fact, that took over everything else. I even started smoking um, and and just started skipping the food. That was my life. I'd, we had lovely weather. I'd get up in the morning. I'd sit in my hammock. I would have cups of tea and that to start with, but the drinking would get earlier and earlier in the day. And then I suddenly found myself one morning getting up at the horrible 3am to have a cup of tea and a cigarette. And very unusually for me, there was an open bottle of wine in my fridge. Now, those of you who know me will know that I couldn't have an open bottle of wine in the house or in the fridge. It had to be drunk. But obviously, the night before, um, I must have had more than one or two bottles. And this would have been my, my sort of second or third bottle, probably. And I would have passed out. And that's why it was left there. And I caught myself pouring that glass of wine at 3am in the morning. And that's when I knew I had to stop. So I kept drinking and smoking until midday. Um, just finished all the alcohol, um, all the cigarettes. And then I quit. Both in June last year. I did have a week where I went back on it with a friend. Um, I went to stay with a friend. And gosh, I drank really, really badly. Um, 24-7 for a week. In fact, it was that bad that my liver hurt by the end of it. And now our liver, the only time actually that you actually get pain from liver damage is when it's pressing on your ribs or other organs. So, you know, I've done it some serious damage. So I decided enough was enough and I quit. And luckily for me, that's when I'd found the I Am Sober app and that's what really, really helped to get me through. 
During this time also, I'd then been made um, fully medically retired. I divorced my husband and I then also managed to sell my house in October last year and completely changed my life around to now living in a mobile home on a beautiful, beautiful lake. I also have a beautiful grandson who will be one next week. Um, And I'm not saying that that didn't take a lot of adapting to because it did. I also divorced my husband pretty quickly. I didn't let that hang around. That was it. It was gone. That's it. Enough's enough. Out the door. I got back last year with the love of my life, who I had spent eight years with from the year 2000 um, to 2008. And, you know, we were heavy drinkers, big, big drinkers. And the relationship initially, in fact, when I went, first went back round to see him was I took a bottle of wine with me and we shared a bottle of wine. But I then stopped drinking and I had a couple of occasions with him where we meant to have a, an evening meal and I just drank a bottle of wine and was then unconscious and in bed. So most of our relationship now has been sober. We've been together over a year and... This is my first sober relationship. I was thinking today, you know, that I've never, ever had sober sex until now. And I'm 56. I started drinking at the age of 14 to try and fit in. Yeah, to try and fit in, to try and belong and to numb some of the emotional hurt and pain. But now I do fit in. I do belong. I belong to a wonderful, wonderful Sabre community and it is the absolute best. I know from that community that many, many people struggle. Many people are struggling with situations um, before and during and after their sobriety. Life does change when we get Sabre. We're not prepared to put up with the shit that we put up with drunk because we're not numbing it anymore and we start to work it. And we start to look after ourselves. And with that, it does mean that situations and relationships may well change. And, you know, that can be really, really heartbreaking. But I'm here to tell you that it really does get better. And the thing that got me through this last last year, year and a half, um, was... One of the things that I'd always said to my patients is from every breakdown, there is a breakthrough, which is what I started this podcast with. And that's what I kept reminding myself. From every breakdown, there is a breakthrough. Now, my breakthroughs are that I got sober, that I got back with the love of my life, that I managed to learn about alcohol and what it does to my body, I have had the time to pace and actually look after myself. I have time to, had time to reconnect with old family and friends and make lots and lots of new ones too. I've also had time to concentrate and focus on my body and my recovery. And this time last year, I struggled to walk. I struggled to talk. I struggled to, t- to eat without choking. I have so many ligament and cartilage tears from falls. I would fall all over the place, not when I was drunk, but when I was sober. You know, just getting out of bed, just walking is, you know, I'd look drunk. 
I, I remember at half ten one morning on holiday, you know, saying to my son, oh, people think I'm drunk, you know, as he was trying to hold me up as I walked. Um, and I'd, yes, I did. I had just gone to the bar for an alcoholic drink at half past ten in the morning because in that mindset, it was always one o'clock somewhere in the world, wasn't it? You know. But looking back on what I've read, um, you know, I don't recognise that person anymore. And I feel sad and sorry for that person. And I never, ever, ever want to go back there. And that's what keeps me going. But the thing that I've done also is I've managed to use mindfulness and retrain my neural pathways and make good ones, not only for my sobriety and not only with my thoughts around drinking, but actual real neural pathways. Now, one of the things of functional neurological disorder is the symptoms are very much like multiple sclerosis. But there is no nerve damage. It is a problem. It's a communication problem between your brain and your nerve pathways. So I have managed to retrain those. And very often you will find me now walking without my walker. Some days I do need it and I will use a stick. Um, you know, but I can I can walk. I haven't had a fall for months. I hope I'm not talking that up and that I don't have a fall now later today. But whereas before um, I was having to use every thought of, you know, walking was like patting my head and rubbing my tummy at the same time. So I had to think, put one, put your right foot forward, put your left foot forward, stand up straight. You know, you had to think it all. Now I'm doing it much more naturally. And that's because I've got rid of the drink. And I've also learned to ride my beautiful bumblebee, which is a three-wheeled trike, a can-am bike. And I'm out exploring the UK. I'm talking to people about disability. I'm talking to people about sobriety. Um, I'm bringing smiles to other people's faces, especially children, because they just have to see my beautiful bumblebee. And it brings them the biggest smile and the biggest joy. So people, I just want you to know that you really just need to keep the faith. You need to keep the hope. Things really, really do get better, but you're in control. Remember your hula hoop, you know. I don't care what colour your hula hoop is. I don't care if it's a jazzy one, bright purple with pink spots or whatever. Um, But that imaginary hula hoop on the floor, stand in it. As I say, it's the one you swirl around your waist not the hula hoop that you eat as a crisp because that won't give you any control at all. Just stand in that hula hoop on the floor. Or if you can't imagine a hula hoop, stand up straight, put your arms out to your side and spin from the waist. That is your area of control. You have no control outside of that area, only your responses to it. So I hope this has helped you. I hope this has helped help to give you a bit of hope but always remember at the times when you haven't got hope when you're really struggling reach out because there are people around to keep the hope for you people have done it for me and it really really does help it really does and I hope this has helped you too bye bye for now